DJ Dre, hey, you know that, um, Talk to me, a few, no, to, uh, uh, looking over at Dr. Hardy, mm-hmm. at going to tell him that a few days ago it was your birthday and all you did was to eat, eat, eat and drink, drink, drink. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. That's, all I, that's all I did, I mean, I'm not hiding from it at all. <laughs> eat, <laughs> eat, eat and eat, drink, eat, drink, eat, drink, 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 Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to put sunrise, that out there. Sunset. He's probably doing it for the rest of the year. No, he says that he's not going to. No. Yes. So we're going to so, monitor him. So whenever you come in every month, you're going to monitor. <laughs> <laughs> be, be, be careful now, you know. <laughs> Especially how I monitor patients. No, monthly. no, no. <laughs> 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 we're going to see if you get enough flat stomach over there derivatives is growing away. let us see if you're disciplined enough uh, to to stop eating come um, March say say you're, 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 no, man. you're the food that you have going last until it's last until maybe like the second week in February okay alright then after that it's Done, you know, done, 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 done. The amount of food that Dre have. All right, after that, probably another month for the liquor to be finished. So, after that, done. So, the food, cut out the food, it's like the second week of February, and then after that, the alcohol finish that like the end of February, Mm -hmm. yeah, and then you gear for the March run. No, man, we're done. No, man, we're finished. All right. right. Well, we're going to have you sign these papers over here. No problem. (laughs) All righty then, Dr. Milton Hardy, OBGYN. Welcome back. Another year. Thank you. A new year. Thank you. Yes. And so. First of all, I would like to wish all present a happy new year. All the best. A belated happy birthday to Thank you, sir. DJ Dre. Thank you, sir. To our listeners. Mm-hmm. And to our people in Cyberland. Yes. Happy New Year to you all. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know when we had our little Christmas get-together, I didn't know that you were so popular. And Dr. Hardiman was so popular, but I never realized that <laughs> <laughs> Never realized that you were so popular, and it even became more known to me when um, Saturday morning I hear shout out to you. I don't know who it. Yes, I don't know who it was coming from. If it's one of your uh, many patients, possibly. But I'm so glad to have you back with us. I I am looking forward to some awesome conversations, which we will all learn from. And so with that said, let us look into uh, tonight's topic. We're going to be looking at pelvic pain. And I hope that by the end of the show, I'm not scared out of my <laughs> wits. <laughs> let's keep it at wits. Yes, yes, yes. I hope that. So for those persons who are joining us via the World Wide Web, thank you ever so 
much. Uh, Lady D, how are you doing? I hope that the weather is not treating you too bad in Toronto. Thank you so much for joining us. I know that Maxine was there also, and quite a number of other individuals are joining us. So for those persons joining us by the good old radio, thank you as always for keeping Cool 97 FM in your ear. So let me start uh, by asking uh, Dr. Hardy this question. Can you define for us uh, pelvic pain? But I'm going to put quotation around the pain part because um, pain seems to mean different things to different, different pe- people. Yes. So, but can you just clarify for us what um, pelvic pain is? Well, in a nutshell, uh, pelvic pains would be considered to be pains in the lower abdomen. That is pain below the umbilicus or navel and above the legs. So it's confined to the area below the navel, mm-hmm. but does not go below the legs. Okay, okay. Um, it is a fairly common problem, you know. One in every six women will complain at some time in her life of pelvic pains for whatever reason. Um, you will find, though, that pelvic pains are not necessarily gynecological alone. You may get pelvic pains because of problems with the intestines, problems with your bladder and kidney, as well as your gynecological structure. So it, first of all, one has to elucidate where we're going for with this pain. And also, the pains not only involves the internal organs, it involves the muscles surrounding the pelvis, the bones in the pelvis, the nerves which supply the structures in the pelvis, which are not necessarily the organs that we had previously mentioned, but also these other, I'm not going to call them superficial because there's nothing on your body that's superficial. You need everything. The other structures on your body which you may not readily think of as part of the pelvis. Mm-hmm. Things like the muscles and the bones and that sort of thing. So some people have gone as far as skin. Mm-hmm. Like a skin cancer, that kind of thing. Mm. Interesting, eh? So from time to time you hear um, women saying, and it is so hard to define um, what not what one woman is feeling over the next. And you hear women saying, oh, uh, they make a statement like this, um, my belly bottom don't feel Indeed. right. Yes. Are yes. they talking about the pelvic? Are they talking yes, about... Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, pelvic pains. And as you quite rightly said at the beginning, it, it means different things to different people. For some women, it, it may just be a discomfort. Um, some people, it may really be mm-hmm. pains, indeed, severe pains. Uh, well, what is important, though, in the treatment is that you must give the impression that you are taking these people seriously. Because lots of times, they are given the feeling that they are just being miserable. But you must take them seriously. That actually helps in the treatment. Of the pain. Of the pain. Of the pain. Mm. Um, let me ask, what are some of the, the causes? 
Right, and, and it's a it's a it's a long long, it's a long, long list. Um, but the one that you most frequently see, see, yes. Um, period pains and ovulation pains are probably the commonest pains, you know. But um, one must not um, forget um, the other causes, the bladder or the bowels. But certainly, from a gynecological standpoint, physiologically. It's very common for the patients to come and say, oh, I have this sudden onset of severe abdominal pains. And my next question is, when was your last period? And she may say, oh, 10 to 14 days ago. And the diagnosis is made. Of course, you have to make justice be done, you know. So you might ask a few more questions. She ovulated. The timing is what gives it away. Mm-hmm. And some patients on, opula- on ovulation will get uh, sharp pelvic pains, usually on one side. They may tell you that it has happened on the other side before. They may tell you it happens every other month. And what does that tell you? It will tell you that when a particular ovary is working, they get the pain because the ovaries alternate in their function. The one that ovulates this month rests next month. And the other one usually ovulates. Usually, yes. So you can tell which, which ovary, ovary is working. Or sometimes you might not know. Because it might only happen every other month. It might not happen even, even happen so frequently, but it does happen. So it's, it's not a foolproof depiction of which side ovulated which month but sometimes sometimes patients may give you a history for example that the period they have bad period pains every other month Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. what that tells you is that it happens when a particular ovary works for whatever reason I'm learning something new Andre is not here (laughs) (laughs) I'm learning something new I did not realize and I did not know that that is what could be happening. Um, Dr. Hardy, thank you so much for that enlightenment um, at this time. And, and, and why so? The whole process of ovulation is the rupturing of a cyst. That's what it really is. Mm-hmm. So you can get all of these symptoms suggestive of an of a ruptured ovarian cyst. In fact, it can be so severe sometimes that patients have been taken to theater because of the severity of the pains. And when you open them, that's all you find. Yeah, and, 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 and that's, that's the thing um, with this kind of pain is that um, maybe there are individuals who would say um, that the woman is exaggerating. No, it can, it's a rupturing of a cyst and you can get any symptom that you can get from a ruptured cyst. And it is something that, as as women, we never get used to in terms of that 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 that, that kind of pain when it does occur, because as you said before, one month it may not occur, and the next month it occurs. Or maybe even miss months, you know. Miss months, or a whole year, and all of a yes. sudden, this 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 pain, and you're like, oh my goodness, what is this? The Germans call it middle smirch or, or midway. <laughs> Midway to where? 
<laughs> midway to where Dr. Hardy. All right, so um what 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 are what are some of we look we're looking at some of the 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 the, the, the causes of of such pain so ovulation is one of them anything yeah, ov- else? which is which actually is physiological yes right it's not a disease even though you may have discomfort uh the other most common reason would certainly be period pains dysmenorrhea mm-hmm. all right and um this can occur um just because the person is young and the cervical opening is like a pinpoint. So, you know, the extrusion of the menstrual flow will cause pains because you get contraction of the uterus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, some patients may develop um, period pains as a consequence of endometriosis. Our good friend that um, can cause severe dis- discomfort you could have pains because of our good old friends, the fibroids. Mm-hmm. Right? We could have pains as a consequence of infections of the tubes. You may have ovarian pathology, the ovarian cyst, and these may be benign or cancerous, malignant. Um, the cysts, of course, can undergo what we call accidents, which would be you bleeding into them. They could rupture, they could twist, they may become infected. You may read that um, they may undergo, they may even undergo malignant change, but I don't believe that. I think those that are malignant are malignant from the word co. Of course, one has to remember that in all patients with pelvic pains in the reproductive age group, you must rule out pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Because pregnancy is a common source of pelvic pains in that age group. Why? It could simply just by the stretching of the ligaments which holds the uterus in place in the pelvis as the pregnancy grows. But um, on a more serious note, you could have an ectopic pregnancy. That is a pregnancy not inside the cavity of the womb. And if you notice, I carefully said, not inside the cavity of the womb. Because an abdominal pregnancy, that is a pregnancy in the abdomen, is also an ectopic pregnancy, because it's not where it's supposed to be. But most ectopics, thankfully, if, if one could say thankfully, do occur in the tubes. And this is a surgical emergency because if you don't intervene in a timely fashion, and lots of times we don't because the patient will present at least when the ectopic is leaking, but sometimes ruptured, where the pregnancy expands to a level where it bursts the tube. Mm. So you're going to get hemorrhage. So you have to go in and put on the clamps, stop the hemorrhage, and remove the tube. Mm. Um, so let me ask another question, Dr. Hardy. Outside of the pain, because 
there is, as I said before, when I started off the show, that what we think is normal may not be um, in, in a normal level in terms of pain. Are there any other symptoms uh, that we should be looking out for as women? For example, the pain is coupled with maybe a slight fever. You might have a fever. Mm-hmm. Uh, this tends to happen more um, often where there's an infection. So you could get pelvic pain as a consequence of um, a sexually transmitted infection. But um, you could get pelvic inflammatory disease where the pelvic structures, mainly the womb and tubes, are infected by um, organisms from sexual activity. And this can cause um, pelvic inflammation or PID as Mm -hmm. it is commonly called a pelvic inflammatory disease Um, you may get a fever because you're having a urinary tract infection you may get a fever because you have appendicitis all of these things cause pelvic pains you could get a fever because you have diverticulitis which is an inflammation slash infection of outpouchings of the large intestine. So there are many non-gynecological reasons why you could get pelvic pains. So you're naturally going to ask questions like, do you have a fever? Mm-hmm. Are you bleeding from the vagina? Are you having a discharge? Are you bleeding from the rectum? How is your appetite? For example, patients with conditions like appendicitis or another bowel condition, Crohn's disease, they, they tend to lose their appetite. They may even they may have a fever. I, I guess as the pain becomes more chronic, which you probably would not see in your appendicitis, but things like your Crohn's disease, they would have um, very intractable diarrhea. They would lose weight, lose their appetite. So it's um, it's quite diverse and diffuse. There are many conditions which can cause you to get pelvic pain. So it is very important that a detailed history must be obtained from the patient. What makes the pain better? What makes it worse? When did it come on? Mm-hmm. The relationship of the pains and your menses. Has it ever happened before? If it has happened before, is there a, a pattern to it? Is it like before, during, or after the periods? Is it midway? Is it before, during, and after sex? Is it before, during, or after sex? Is it before, during, or after eating? Uh, sometimes we, as 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 women, though, uh, Doctor Hardy, we tend to have this um, watch and 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 wait and see approach, um, <laughs> which can be sometimes detrimental. Um, well, well, thankfully, um, if the pains are if the pains are as a result of something that's really bad, 
You think as women will run? You, you, you will move. As women. So, so, so the watch, wait and see, they will leave that to the men. That's relative. <laughs> no, the men will move to the penis bad enough. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, the pe- and of course, one must not forget that men can also get pelvic pains if you have a prostate problem you could have pelvic pains you have appendicitis you could have pelvic pains if you have a bowel problem you could have pelvic pains including bowel cancers but do they know the difference between a pelvic pain and a back pain um well the thing about it you know is that um the lower back is in the pelvis so we would have to consider these things as pelvic pains Mm -hmm. so you have your prolapsed intervertebral discs and this can happen to both men and women all right conditions where you have spasms of the pelvic muscles these can cause pelvic pains Um, hernias which are more common in men but women also do get a hernia can also be a cause for pelvic pain Mm. Singles Live on the Nation School School 97 FM. Shea H., how are you doing? And she says, Dr. Hardy, it was so lovely meeting you. Nice to know you. I have, well, she has put a face to the name and the voice. Thank you so much, Shay. Singles Live on the Nation School Est, Kunadi 7 FM. Tonight's topic, pelvic pain. And so we are looking at some of the causes some of the symptoms of pelvic pain and just a few minutes ago we highlighted some that um some of that men too can uh, have pelvic pain and some of the things to look for we're going to take a break and when we come back the conversation continues right here inside singles live on the nation school est cool 97 fm we'll be right back after this message Cool 97 Radio. The singles live on the nation's school at school 97 FM. Tonight's topic, pelvic pain. Dr. Milton Hardy is with us. And so let's get back to the conversation. DJ Dre is right over there. Right over there. So we were looking at some of the uh, causes of uh, pelvic pain and some of the uh, symptoms that may occur. Uh, Dr. Hardy, is there anything else that you want to add in terms of some of the main cause of pelvic pain? Well, we've gone through the, um, more or less gone through the gynecological reasons. I, I, I did not um, expand on the occurrences of like cancers in, in, in the region. But um, maybe we should talk a little about the non-gynecological um, areas. Um, so you could get a bladder infection. Mm-hmm. You could get stones in the bladder, um, causing pelvic pains. Um, an infection in the bladder could ascend your ureters and affect your kidneys. So one has to remember that appendicitis still kills, and it is a cause of pelvic pains. And this can happen to men and women. 
so too would be conditions like Crohn's disease and Crohn's disease is an inflammatory intestinal disease which causes the patients to have pains and diarrhea they may have bloody blood in the stools they may lose their appetite they may lose weight um, you have your other bowel conditions things like your diverticulitis and your diverticulosis you could simply have irritable bowel disease mm -hmm. which can cause pelvic pains um, but any pelvic sepsis of course that is infection can cause um, your pelvic diseases um, we had mentioned or sexually transmitted infections before but we should not forget the spasms of the muscles in the pelvic floor all right these can also lead to pelvic pains compression of the nerves as they come off of the spinal canal when your intervertebral discs collapse um, you could have pains in the supporting structure, the fascia for example, which are allied with the muscles these can cause you to have pains we also need to remember that physical or mental abuse can also cause pelvic pains the mechanism is not known naturally but some patients who present with pelvic pains, you also must get a history of whether or not they had been abused in the past, physically or mentally. Because sometimes that is all you can ever find with these, some of these patients. Half of the patients, you actually find nothing. It doesn't mean that the pain isn't real. And this is why it is so important that you, the patient must be seen to be taken seriously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But having said that now, y your treatment would be based on your findings. But then before we even get to treatment, we have the investigation. Right, I was just about what does an examination and investigation yes, yes. look like? All right, fine. So you're going to having taken a detailed history of the patient you're going to also have a, a detailed general examination uh, more than gynecological of these patients seeing that there are so many non-gynecological reasons why these patients may present with pelvic pains so you we, we, we will start with the pelvis since we are gynecological but we will expand out into the other areas so of course you're going to have your pelvic exam having having examined the patient generally the abdomen to have ruled out things like what we call guarding where you try to palpate the abdomen and it is like stiff like a board uh, which would suggest that something is happening in a tummy then by releasing your hand quickly you get an exacerbation of the pain because that rebound mm -hmm. uh, and this now is indicative that there's some inflammation going on at the level of the peritoneum which is the tissue which lines the inner cavity of the womb and is 
highly suggested that something is going on inside, lots of times surgical. Um, of course, uh, as I said before, we are going to the genitalia genitali and the gynecological organs. So we want to rule out things like a discharge um, or severe discharge. You may want to do a culture. And this can go both for men and women because men also will present with pelvic pains if they're having a sexually transmitted infection. You're going to look for signs of bleeding. You may or may not want to exhibit um, the use of a hysteroscope, which is, a, which, is an, which is an instrument used to examine inside of the cavity of the womb. But that is still down the road because that is invasive. You certainly want to do your bloods, non-invasive. You want to look at the blood count, the white cell count, is there an infection? You want to look at the urine. You must do a pregnancy test if the patient is in, if the person is in the reproductive age group. I keep saying patient, not everybody is a patient. Mm. Um, yes, um, you, uh, ultrasonography is very important. In fact, it is the gold standard, really, if you're having a gynecological issue. Um, you may be able to elucidate whether or not one have an ectopic pregnancy or not. Mm -hmm. This becomes highly suspicious when the pregnancy test is positive and the womb is empty and the patient has pelvic pains. Sometimes it might not be so easy, but it usually, it, it, it will be most of the times. All right. Um, you may want to look at the tubes or the ovaries. You may see a tubo, a tubal mass, a tubo ovarian mass. You may see an ovarian cyst. You may see signs that the cyst has twisted. It has undergone torsion. You could see signs of hemorrhage. You're bleeding into the cyst. That sort of thing. Or you may see evidence that there might be endometriosis, in that you may see some deposits. You may see fibroids. You may see signs of a pelvic tumor. And of course, these things usually are age-related. You certainly would see the tumors in the older patients, but once you are in your past 35 don't be surprised about anything you might find. Ray, why are you looking over here? Because you're looking at the <laughs> <laughs> So you're saying, as women over 35, when you go for your checkup, yes. don't be too surprised? No, don't be too surprised about anything. <laughs> It is more common as you become older. That is mm -hmm. a fact. But I don't be surprised about anything, especially if you have complaints. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I can share this with you that I, I have fibrocystic breasts. So my last checkup with my OBGYN, I went there and he said to me, Anne, oh, I'm seeing a small little cyst on your right over. And I said, what's new? 
<laughs> I don't mean to laugh at that. <laughs> You're probably ovulated. <laughs> I, said, I, said I said to him, what's new? They're in the breast. Oh, oh, oh. It's not strange if they're in on the on the on the on the on the ovaries. So maybe that was my um, approach. But outside of that, everything else was okay. But I was not surprised. No, well, but actually, you know, as an aside. Uh, we were taught in medical school that, oh, fibrocystic disease of the breast occurs in about 23% of four women. That's not true from my experience. Almost every woman I've ever examined mm-hmm. has some degree of fibrocystic disease. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not 23%. It's, it's, way, far, it's higher. Far, far higher. Yeah. Far higher than that. Yes. And so, as I said, I was not surprised when he says... In fact, I've been tempted to question whether this was not normal. That's how common it is. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if everybody has it, then you have to question whether it's abnormal or not. That's true. <laughs> Even from a psychological perspective. <laughs> if everybody, then it cannot be abnormal. No. Yes something worth uh, looking into. So we were looking at some of the, the causes. Um, then we moved into some of the investigations, investigations that we, occurs. We mentioned ultrasound. Um, sometimes you have to go even further. You may have to do a laparoscopy, which is to have a look inside to see if you see anything, if there's any pathology that you might see on looking inside, half of the times the laparoscopic events are negative in terms of findings, but half of those, the patients having been reassured, it also seems to help their pelvic pains. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what we never got into though was um, acute and chronic pelvic pains, and pelvic pains are considered chronic, and they don't have to be Continuous, but certainly if you have had these pains for at least six months, it might be on and off. They can be constant, although they usually don't have to be for it to be cr- considered chronic. Mm-hmm. It has to be um, it, on and off. It can be on okay. and off. On and off. Mm-hmm. But it's something that happens over at least six months. Six months. You could you could be justified, or you would be justified in referring to it as chronic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So are we? we let us get back to the to the um, the examination. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned um, laparoscopic. Your laparoscopy. Lapro- yeah. Looking inside. Looking inside. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. You may do other investigations. You could do a CT scan, for example, which is a more um, in-depth X-ray examination using the X-ray, X-rays and computers to give you a better picture of what might be happening. Rarely, we may have to do an MRI, and this probably um, has greater usage. Uh, or better usage when we are thinking about like nerve compression, prolapsed intervertebral discs uh, as a cause of your pelvic pains. But um, by and large, for, for gynecological purposes, the ultrasound examination is the gold standard. Um, 
other things one have to remember on examination if you are suspecting that the patient may have an ectopic pregnancy you try to be as gentle as you can because you could actually rupture the ectopic on examining the patient which which going to lead to more profuse bleeding so you'll have to get in more quickly to arrest any such occurrence so once you have examined uh, th- the patient... It will point you in, in the direction with which you plan to examine. So we also have to look at the stools. You have to do a rectal examination as well. All right? You want to see if there's blood, for example, on the examining fingers, um, the degree of tenderness. You may or may not detect what we call fissures. These are tears in the in the anal tissue, which can occur. And what we also have have forgotten to mention in all this discourse, constipation is also a cause of pelvic pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So let us not forget that either. Um, Not uncommon in people who don't go, and half of the world really don't go, you know. But it's more common in older, in older, older, older patients. Constipation. This might be dietary. They might not be eating as much vegetables as they ought to. They might not be drinking as much water mm-hmm. as they ought to. And so that can lead to pelvic pain. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, so. Let me ask, in terms of uh, the varying treatment, depending on what is happening to the patient, um, various treatment. Let us talk about some of the the basic, in terms of first and foremost, taking care of the pain, and then we can move into a more um, more evasive if surgery is needed and what happens. Very good. Yes. So essentially, what one has to deal with um, the pains. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what you find, you may exhibit painkillers, for example, if it is something like ovulation pains. Even some ruptured ovarian cysts, you may not necessarily have to operate on them. You, know. mm-hmm. you could exhibit anti-inflammatory drugs, and this may bring about a resolution to the problem. You may exhibit antibiotics if you think that the source of the pain is as a result of infection, whether this, may, this is sexually transmitted, whether it's pelvic inflammatory disease, whether it's a bladder infection. You may even exhibit antibiotics as part of the treatment for things like your diverticulitis, that is your inflammation slash infection of your diverticular in your um, sigmoid colon. Um, So once you suspect there may be infection, then you're going to exhibit antibiotics. For the patients whose pelvic pains might be psychogenic, Hmm. you may exhibit antidepressant drugs, Mm -hmm. anxiolytic drugs, drugs that you use in psychotic events. Um, Some patients are given vitamins. 
and they seem to get a resolution. Some are used, are given um, physiotherapy, especially those who may, you think, may have um, spasms of your pelvic floor muscles. And some of them do respond favorably. Mm. Yep, so I see they, 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 they add, and, and in terms of physiotherapy, let us, let me ask this. Um, is there a way to know um, when not to do certain exercises when you're feeling um, Pains. pain, especially pelvic pains? Well, that, that, that actually, that actually takes care of itself, you know, because if you, if the pains are severe enough, you will not be able to exercise. Mm-hmm. So that, that answers that question. But certainly if the patient has pains to the level where the pains are aggravated by movements, mm-hmm. the patient can't even stand up, then, you know, that, the, 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 there's no question that there will be no exercising here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One has to think about whether is this patient, for example, feeling dizzy or faint might be bleeding internally so that exercise is not going to happen not going to happen so our best bet is when the pain gets extreme or you just don't feel right <laughs> I'm going to put it that way because it can be something very simple but then it can be something that is not so simple I mean, some, some patients may re- resolve their bladder infections by just flooding themselves with water with water and some cranberry something uh, yes you know although i think that is probably more flavor than anything but <laughs> I, I, i'm not going to get into it okay that is a, yes it's just like maybe a sugar pill it's just a mental thing um, no it's not mental it's not mental flushing the bladder, flushing will, the bladder will, 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 will help will help because you're basically just washing up trying to wash out the bacteria and sometimes you will succeed Sometimes you will not, so you'll, you'll need antibiotic help. Well, I, I'm saying if it, for me, if it, if it lasts more than 24 hours and interferes with my sleep, my doctor will see me the no, next day. No, if it interferes with your yeah. life, then you need to see the doctor. Yeah. All right. Take it from me. If you, if you go to your bed and you're still feeling the pain and you can't sleep, hit the road the next day and go see your doctor. Make him tell you that. <laughs> Make him tell you otherwise. But I, I, you know, last night I was um, disclosing to Ivor um, whether it is men or women that can bear um, quote-unquote more pain. And I said to him, maybe women can, but I'd come to think of it, you know, we're not so sure. <laughs> I'm not so sure because if it, if I am feeling pain and it and me not fall asleep, can't wait for the next day come, Doctor Hardy. Yeah, can't wait. I'm I, not. I'm going not going to stick out my neck either. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to stick out my neck as to who can bear the pain. Who can better. bear the pains better? No. <laughs> I need to do some investigation into that, though. But I'll, all I mean, I'm on the surface, it might seem to be women, but I, 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 I'm not going to swear to it. No, the same thing I was thinking. Yeah, same thing right. I was thinking too. That there's no conclusive evidence no. to 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 support that. But all I'm saying, Dre, 
If pain, I can't sleep. Doctor here, I call me not so, me not suffering. As a matter of fact, in the middle of the night, I'm going to be pinging my doctor. Said, something the right here, you know. He said, Are you sure that's what you do at the gym? He said, Well, I'll see you tomorrow. That's just me. Yes, and that too can give you pelvic pains too. too yes. Too much gym. Mm-hmm. Yes, too much gym at certain times. <laughs> too much exercise and too much gym. Yes, both uh, can cause some problems. So we look at the painkillers. We looked at um, antibiotics. antibiotics. We looked at um, what you uh, antidepressants for those persons. And for people who suffer from things like Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm you may have to exhibit things like your um, autoimmune drugs Mm -hmm. because it is believed that this is an autoimmune condition. And autoimmune conditions are conditions where the body attacks itself. So you have to now depress the immune system Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. using medications. And then let us move into the next level when it requires surgery. Okay. Mm-hmm. And some conditions are quite straightforward in terms of surgery. I mean, if you have an ectopic pregnancy, you need to have a surgical intervention. If you have appendicitis, it has to be treated surgically. Um, all of the other, the other conditions, the ovarian conditions, for example, some of them will require surgery. Some may be treated without surgery. And there is a big, excuse me, there's a big debate as to whether or not surgery is the radical of the uh, 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 of the two choices, because you could choose not to operate, or you could choose to operate. If you operate, you can go and sleep after you finish. If you choose not to operate, you still have to watch that patient too. And to me, that is the more radical approach. Mm-hmm. You might do it. You know, nothing wrong in doing the radical thing. But surgery might not necessarily be the radical thing, the most radical thing to do. It actually might be the easier of the two options. But certainly, if there's an infection, no, you, you, have, to, you have to get rid of pus. The sun cannot set on pus, so you have to open those patients. So if there's a tube ovarian abscess, for example, and you, you, then you you have to go and you have to drain that abscess. You have to get rid of that sepsis. The patient may have pelvic pains because of a miscarriage. You have to evacuate the uterus because their products of conception can be quite a favor of the nidus for infection to develop. It's very nutritious to the bacteria. Mm-hmm. So the infections will set in quite readily. Let me touch on something that just popped in my head when it comes to... Um, gosh, it just slipped me a while ago. <laughs> I see that moment. But it's something that occurs um, with, 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 with both um, men and women. I'm just trying to backtrack... Um, see what you're talking to what you mentioned um just now um 
I thought I, I was having that problem. Come, Dr. Harley, may I try to remember? It is, it is, it is so, both men and women can have the... It's not, it's not a hernia. Yes, you can get a hernia. And that is also a cause of pelvic pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just enlighten me on what happens when you get an hernia. Well, a hernia is simply a hole in a wall. A hernia is a hole in a wall. What is this wall? Usually the abdominal wall. Mm-hmm. But you can get a hernia all over the body where there is an interface where you can get an opening. So, But now we're talking about your hernias. And we're t- talking about your inguinal hernia. You're pointing to the umbilicus, the navel, which probably is at the border of where the pelvis <laughs> would probably be considered. But more commonly, they tend to get um, hernias in the groin. And that would be your inguinal hernias, all right? And these occur in men and women. Mm -hmm. can be a source of pains, especially if the hernias are complicated, whether they are incarcerated. What is the incarcerated substance? The intestines get trapped in there. Patient complain of pain. And the hernia would require um, repair. God forbid if it's in obstructed, because then you have emergency surgery. Because now you are vomiting, and you can't pass any wind or anything solid down. Mm-hmm. So everything is coming. The opposite. Everything is blocked. It's obstructed. Mm-hmm. Bowel mm-hmm. obstruction. That needs intervention, because remember now that if you have obstruction for long enough, you can get gangrene to the bowel. Which means that that piece of boil has to be cut out and appropriate repair done depending on where the obstruction has occurred because if you say have obstruction with small boil you could cut out the obstructed part and join them together suppose a large boil is involved you could end up with a bag temporarily a colostomy until the inflammation settles down and then they close it a month or two later. But what causes um, the hernia? Yeah. You're born that way. Can be aggravated by stre- strenuous um, <laughs> activity. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we really don't recommend you lifting heavy things. But other conditions can um, exacerbate this. Things like you having a chronic cough. Things like you straining at defecation. You're normally, if you're commonly constipated, if you have to strain to pass your urine, tend to be more common in, in men who have some enlargement of the prostate so they don't pass their urine so readily. But if you're a lady and you're having difficulty and having to strain at passing your urine, it does increase your risk of a hernia manifesting itself. Mm. But this hole in the wall, most of the times you are born with it. Whether or not it becomes manifest during your lifetime will depend on many of these factors which we just mentioned. (laughs) You know, I'm just remembering something. Um, 
Oh, hi, Jean Clark Brown. How are you doing? And she says a hernia can be congen- congenital. Yes, you're born with it. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, and it so can, it can be acquired. That is, you could actually make one. By, by doing something really strenuous, but um, they are usually congenital. Okay, okay. As I sometimes I hear, I, I remember as a little girl, and my mom used to say, "Boy, this is one little picnic that really can't cry." Down. We said that to her. Mom says I was a crying child, <laughs> and she would say, "Man, give yourself a." <laughs> I don't know. Actually, it was right in that you're straining yeah, in your crying. crying so, so you're exerting increased pressure mm-hmm. in the intra-abdominal cavity, which of course increases your risk for herniation. So this pretty <laughs> So that is that 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 is actually true. That as a as a as a child, as a baby, there is some, there is some truth to it. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> for example, you may notice, for example, in, um, especially in babies when they cry, yes. those who have a hernia at the umbilicus at the navel, yes, it pops it out. It pops out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that's because of the increased pressure inside the abdomen. Mm-hmm. So you probably pop out further, you know, at other times as well. Okay. So, I'm glad that I've touched on that. So, um, yes, so I got some information when it came down to um, to hernia. Anything else that we, we that we need to look into? So, we, we, we shifted a little. So, let us get back to some of the... Uh, we were looking at surgery. Yes. Right. So, the surgery, surgery that um, you would embark on would be appropriate to the diagnosis and the pathology that you are trying to treat. Mm-hmm. So if you have your cancers, you may have to you will have to do your surgeries that are appropriate. They might not be appropriate depending on how far they are gone. Person may need radiation or chemo or both or a combination of all. Alright? Mm. So, you know, we have to remember that. If you have appendicitis, then you have to take out the appendix, all right? Appendicitis still kills. Don't forget that. For those who are overlooking that, though, let me just touch on that, because it is when it comes to um, appendicitis, like the hernia, we're talking about both men and women. Both men and women are affected. The signs and the symptoms, or should I say the symptoms, are they the same when it comes to men and women? Nice nice question, nice question. For example, um, in the woman, you also have the ovary on both sides. So, the appendix is on the right side as well. Mm-hmm. So, a patient presenting with lower abdominal, right-sided abdominal pains, you have to determine whether you're dealing with the appendix or you're dealing with the ovary. And I want you to hold that thought. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Cool 97. Radio. 10.37 on the clock, Singles Live on the Nation School, at School 97 FM. If you're just joining in tonight's topic, pelvic pain, and we're looking at, uh, well, mostly pelvic pain um, in women, but we're touching on some that uh, can occur um, in men also. Um, we were looking at... Uh, 
Remind me what we were looking at? Not the hernia. We came out of the hernia and then we were yeah, looking yeah, at appendicitis. appendicitis. And, all right. Well, since um, <clears throat> appendicitis is a COVID issue, yes, we, we will have uh, we will deal with the men first, and they, they would usually present with right-sided lower abdominal pains, lower quad, right lower quadrant pain. We would refer to it as. Um, one must remember, though, that even in men, we can't forget that they also have a bladder and ureters and kidneys. So we still have to make sure that we're dealing with the appendix here and not any problems with the urinary tract, stone, what have you. Mm-hmm. All right. The women are a little bit even more complicated because one has to rule out those things. Plus... You have two overs, one on the right and one on the left. So you must make sure that you are you know, determining where the pathology is on the right side. Is it involving the ovary or tubes? Is it the appendix? Or rarely, it could be the bladder. And God forbid, it could be Crohn's disease too, anyway. That's not common, thank the Lord. But is there any way for me and, say, a, a woman at home to determine whether it is the appendicitis or it's the ovary? Is there any little thing that we can look out for? Or we just have to just head to the doctor? I would head to the doctor and I wouldn't try to try and figure it out. But um, certainly, this is where it becomes very important for a very detailed history and examination to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, patients, for example, with appendicitis, they usually will complain of pain starting around the navel mm-hmm. okay. and then moving to the right side. Okay, okay, right. okay. N- not all the time, though. No, I'm just saying okay. <laughs> um, they may have a fever. They may have lost their appetite. They might even be constipated in that they might not be passing even wind. And more or less, they tend to drop them foot, although indeed this may happen even to a girl with ovarian issues. Um, The ovaries could also be a problem on that side. So, of course, you're going to have to get your gynecological history um, how did the pain come about? Did it come on, for example, suddenly? Or did it start gradually? And even that is not foolproof because a cyst can turn while it is in its throw, so to speak. It doesn't have to turn at the beginning to twist, to get, say, a torsion. That's what we call it when it twists. So you could determine that just by doing basic tests on the patient. You certainly would want to look at their blood count, to look at, look, look at things like their white count, their white cell count, which would be indicative of some degree of infection. Um, this might be elevated in patients with appendicitis, but it is not foolproof because a lady with an ovarian issue can also have a, an elevated white cell count. But certainly, you may have a fever, you may have the bowel symptoms of constipation, no appetite, um, to a greater severity. 
than the patient with an ovarian issue. Although, if the ovarian issue has been long-standing enough and severe enough, all of these symptoms or distinguishing marks can be thrown out the window. So one has to examine the patient. Um, we hope that by then you can have a good determination. Barring that, you would order your ultrasound examination. And um, that still can help you. You do a CT scan. And if that can't help you, I would not waste time to do any more investigations. If the patient is that sick, you open that patient. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if you're a gynecologist, you also can do an appendix. And, 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 vi- and vice versa. Mm-hmm. If you're a surgeon, you should be able to deal with an ovary. In terms of the surgery, to remove um, the appendix, right? Is it, uh, it, it, it the rec- let us look at the recovery time? Is it, is it, it is. The is recovery it, time is similar. Except if you are dealing with a complication of the appendicitis, i.e., rupturing. Because mm-hmm. once you have a ruptured appendix, you have all sorts of parameters that can play. You can you get all of this contaminated stuff now being spread over the entire abdomen, so the patient can actually be quite sick. Um, you may even have to call out the general surgeons, but the case might be more um, intense than you, than 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 is at your pay grade. You also have to think about appendicitis. In pregnancy, because in the pregnant patient, the appendix might not be located where it normally is. So in terms of making the diagnosis, it is not as straightforward as it might have been if the person was not pregnant. So the pains may actually occur higher up in the abdomen Mm -hmm. than in the lower quadrant because of the pregnancy. And, of course, the ovaries and pregnancy. Um, You don't really want to interfere with an ovary early in pregnancy. And when I say early in pregnancy, prior to 14 weeks. Because if, perchance, you have to interfere for whatever reason, with ovarian pathology prior to that time you may very well have a miscarriage because that might have been the ovary that was powering the pregnancy until the placenta takes over mm-hmm. so you could also get a, a miscarriage but if you have to go in you have to go in but that is what might happen wealth of information um Jean, thank you so much for participating. And she's looking at uh, symptoms tend to be familiar. Uh, similar to both include fever and vomiting, acute appendicitis versus torsion of the right ovary in women. And she's, mm-hmm. she's saying that symptoms tend to be similar. Yes. similar. That's correct. Um, yeah. 
Is there anything else that we should uh, take into consideration in terms of um, treatment of well, the uh, varying, which is diverse? Because every every organ in the pelvis may require its own treatment depending on the degree of severity with which it's it is affected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In terms of the, because persons are, you know, in terms of appendicitis, what purpose does the um, does the appendix serve? None. Can only give you trouble. <laughs> or none that we know of yet <laughs> eh? is it none it's just there it's just there um, it's actually a, an embryological remnant uh, which has remained with us um, it was certainly more developed in in not individuals Organisms, which would include animals, which includes that, which would include that, which mm-hmm. would be inclusive of animals, who, whose diet is mostly um, vegetation, bush, that sort of thing, rather than meat eaters. Mm-hmm. So as time go by, it has it has evolved embryologically into a remnant of the bowel, so to speak. Okay. Is there anything else that uh, we should take into consideration when it comes to pelvic pain? Uh, Well, pelvic pain, as you say, it's fairly common. Um, Lots of times we may not um, be able to find a reason for it. Pelvic pain, though, has um, other implications other than um, physical uh, pelvic pains, for example, can be a source of marital disharmony. Mm-hmm. Um, pelvic pains can be a source of economic displacement. And all of those two can actually cause the pelvic pain. <laughs> <laughs> because if, 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 if every month you have to turn up to work mm. or, or can't attend work, because of pelvic pains, um, your employers, even if they are sympathetic with you I- initially, they will eventually turn against you. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a source of great economic distress, a possible source of great economic distress. And um, we're not only just talking about people who have period pains, but um, people who have pelvic pains. Mm-hmm. General, yes. In general, mm-hmm. they, they can have pains all through the month. They, you may have pelvic pains during in, during intercourse. And, and this could lead to the avoidance of intercourse on both sides. Because if the lady is always complaining, the gentleman might get fed up too. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to be involved um, intimately physical because of her pelvic pains. So it is it is of great importance that um, pelvic pains be dealt with in an orderly, efficient and timely manner. And it's, it's, it's important too 
um, as we're getting ready to wrap things up. And also, we must not forget the pelvic pains which came about as a result of abuse. Yes, that's what I was going to say, that this, that, 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 that same um, marriage can be the reason for the pelvic pain. Or both. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, I, well, I, well, I guess so, yes. Mm. Or it could have been um, set up long before the marriage, you know, one never knows. Yeah, that too, that too. So Jean is saying some school of thought thinks the appendix help to maintain boil flora. It could. I, I, would, I, I mm-hmm. wouldn't debate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we were, we were getting ready to wrap things up, pelvic pain, psychological, emotional, um, economical, economical um, it, it's, it's just one of those things that really um, cast a shadow over the, your life as a woman and of course your partner and if the man is having uh, that um, pelvic pain also um, then you can just imagine it, 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 it's, it's just it's just one of those things that you just don't want to have it, you just don't want to have it and so what are some of the steps Dr. Hardy that we can take we may not be able to, um, to, 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 to remove the pain, but to kind of minimize it, maybe eliminate it. But I'm thinking um, regular checkups for women? Well, yes, that would be a part of the whole mix. Um, essentially, you have to treat the situation as it arises. Mm-hmm. For example... A patient who is really bothered by ovulation pains, you have to decide whether you're going to shut down ovulations or not. How do you do that? By giving contraception. All right, so that will take care of that. You may exhibit hormones in patients, for example, who have endometriosis. But the long and short of it is that you have to embark upon the treatment of um, whatever is a problem. If constipation is a problem, then you try to keep yourself regular. So you make sure you drink a lot of water. You eat your vegetables. You may even have to change your diet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they did stress in this whole pelvic pain scenario, you must not smoke. Smoking seems to exacerbate pelvic pains. Yeah, I, I guess we we have um, one less smoke up after listening to this show. Um, somebody somewhere decides is going to decide that then this is the last time. This is the last time, <laughs> <laughs> the last time I'm going to be um, putting a cigarette or whatever it is to my mouth. Um, yes, pe- smoking is is is, is smoking is, is a major public health hazard. Full mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, it is. Mm-hmm. Anything else? What can I, what can I say at this time? I, I think we, we more or less covered it, you know. The, the complications, uh, again, are complications of the conditions which can cause pelvic pains. Uh, and that would be a whole show. 
<laughs> so remember, as I had mentioned earlier, um, I my tolerant level for pain is very, very limited, and I'm very curious. And so my first instinct is to get in touch with my, my, my well, if it's a pelvic pain, and more, more likely my OBGYN, and schedule an appointment as soon as possible. Um, women, I, I can only tell you that maybe whenever you're feeling that pain that is unbearable, then that should be your... I wouldn't say exit route, but to take care of the pain, go and see a doctor. Sartitodre said, just do it, just do it. Don't don't wait and see, just do it. Um, yep. So that is it. Another. Any questions from Radio from Cyberland? No, they're very, well. I think they're absorbing everything. Yes, uh, Janet D, how are you doing? And Janet D says once again. A great topic. Thank you, Dr. Hardy. Um, interesting and complex topic. Thanks, Dr. Hardy. A great conversation. Yes, it is. I. It's always one of those um, topics where you think you know, but you're, you're, you, there's always something to know. And we have just scratched the surface. Always something to know. <laughs> <laughs> always something to know. So, ladies and gentlemen... That is it for the talk segment of Singles Live um, on the Nation Schoolist. We are going to take a break, and then when we come back, it's all about the music, courtesy well, let me tell of my, DJ Dre. My yes. audience and people in Cyberland, good night. Yes, some and of them, they're in some very, very cold, cold places. places. Yes. yes. Very cold places. And I, I hope DJ Dre continues to enjoy his birthday. <laughs> yes, he will. All month. All month. Yeah, I remember many years ago we celebrated my birthday for a month, but that was many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, since it was many years ago, you may want to do it this year. <laughs> right. You may want to do that this year again. Dr. Hardy, I thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, Ian is popping in to say hi. Hi, brother. Ian, how are you doing? <laughs> that, that, that's my classmate from George's. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I found out. Thank you so much, Dr. Hardy. And we will see you um, next, next, month. next month. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Cool 97. Radio. Radio.